This podcast is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. Don't get spooked by planned giving. Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what mattered to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action will inspire others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now, give later, impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. For hundreds of years we brought you the news. For in the info we gave you the clues. Owners' profits were always sky high. Changing market now threatens our lives. Post-literation, critical reading, dumbed-down nation, signs of inbreeding, TV sucking ideas from our head, public discourse, just about dead, we'll ride the dinosaur. Yeah, ride the dinosaur. Hey everybody, welcome to Naval Gazing the Valley. And I, I just said my name wrong. Mm-hmm. Hey everybody, welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. I'm Eugene Driscoll, and this episode is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. Today my guest is Derby Mayor Richard Zekin. Mayor Zekin, welcome to the podcast. Eugene, thank you for being in my office today. I'm looking forward to this. Mayor Zekin is running for a second two-year term as Derby Mayor. And before I get into my questions, I just want to thank you for taking the time to do this because, one, you don't have to do this. Number two, as an incumbent, one could make the argument that you don't even need uh, to do this. So thank you. You're welcome, Gene. So my first question for you, Mayor, is what's your motivation? Why run for office again? Well, it all starts back from um, my, my, my background, just growing up. Um, United States Air Force, I joined when I was 17 years old. And I just want to give back to my country and to, to the state and to my community. Uh, I served the uh, United States Air Force, uh, this great country of ours, for five, five years, two months, honorably. Um, got out in 1988. In 1989, joined, got hired by the Hamden Police Department. And I served that great community for 24 years. And then the whole time, you, you're born and raised in Derby, right? Born and raised in Derby, still lived in Derby. I uh, was hired out there, so I did my career out there. Uh, retired in 2013, and before that, I got involved into pol- local politics, which, you know, I, I saw what was going on in the world and, and locally, and I was like, you know, I want to get involved. And my mentor, uh, Tony Sepchak, who recently passed, was a Republican town committee, talked to me. He goes, you know what, if you're you're interested, get involved. So I got onto the tax board, saw how to do the budgets, um, what was involved in that, and then got involved in was put onto the uh, alderman board, so I got my teeth wet on that. Which ward did you represent oh, when you were appointed? Uh, I the was on the tax board. board. The oh, tax board, oh, and then in third ward. Yes, Sorry. on the third ward, and then um, I was there was a um, someone left from that board. They appointed me onto the alderman, so I got to, got to know what the executive part of that board was, and then you know I really got interested, and in, in, I just was seeing how the city was being run and where it was going, and I decided you know what we could do better. 
Okay, so uh, I come from my father's police officer, as I've told you before. My brother's a retired police officer. Yes. I was always raised by my father to have a distrust of politicians. Maybe he didn't say that outright, but he was always like, you got to watch the politicians, just observing him. So uh, what was it like going from the police officer mentality that I'm now forcing upon you uh, from my own life experience into politics? And like, what's the biggest uh, uh, challenge of the job of the last two years? I think I was lucky because being with the, with the hand of the police department, and then when I retired, I also c- continued, I still have my badge, and I'm still a part-time officer in Bethany. Um, and knowing the knowing where to go in the state, different uh, departments, different divisions. Uh, for an example, we had a uh, store in town that was dealing heroin, crack, marijuana, pills, and illegal cigarettes on Hawkins, right? On Hawkins Street, and so working in conjunction with with the police department, talking to them, knowing that even though if you're selling drugs, they'll probably slap in a hand, and you know certain things won't happen. But if you don't pay your taxes, the revenue comes, revenue guy comes in, and they're going to shut you down, and that's exactly what happened. So knowing that part of it, and the police department knew that too, but you know I put my two cents in there from experience of, of of being an officer, so I'm able to bring that to this side. Go up in Hartford, uh, knowing where to go to up there. I'm a trustee with the Veterans Affairs Office in the uh, state of Connecticut. So I work hand in hand with the uh, state of uh, the commissioner for Veterans Affairs. So helping veterans if they need to navigate through um, the bureaucracy here to get help through the VA, mental, uh, physical. Uh, we also have our service officers here that do a phenomenal job. It's every once in a while, you need that little extra push to uh, help somebody out. So I think my background really helped me out to become the mayor. And so granted, that, I didn't know a lot, but we, we learned. We learned with my staff. I have a phenomenal staff. And we kept bridging, and we, we started making uh, um, you know, contacts up there. And, and I think t- for good government, you need good contacts to bridge uh, uh, to move forward. Sort of navigate the machinery. Absolutely. Of, of which there is a lot in Derby because a lot of the big issues – Absolutely. Uh, there, there's a lot of agencies and entities and history involved. Uh, oh, the downtown redevelopment, the Route 34 uh, widening project. Absolutely. There's like 16 alphabet city agencies involved in, in all these things. Absolutely. You're saying. Well, let me, with, with like working, I said earlier, we're working with the state, local, and federal government, Army Corps of Engineers, who handles and oversees a levee system that we have the Housatonic and Naugatuck River here. And basically that saves us in case of another 55 flood comes in here. Well, it, it was neglected for over the years. So we brought the Army Corps in here. We had a big meeting with the state and them. And they kind of sat there like, yeah, yeah, we've heard this story before. But as of last week, we had our, excuse me, last week we had our meeting with them. And everything that needed to be done for maintenance on this has been done or is in the process. And, and that's important because without any of that, they're not going to put anything in any, exactly. anywhere. Because I, mean, I just wrote a story about how that used to be called the road to nowhere now has a, a potential buyer. Absolutely. And part of that is because what you're talking about, you, you cleaned up the drainage system essentially. Uh, there, there, was with, a, there was a tow drain system underneath it so if water get, so it doesn't get washed out from what I, I'm not an engineer, but from what I gathered and I heard. So that had to be uh, scoped out. They put in a... Uh, um, uh, Some type of... A, whatever they had to do, a they camera. Did. I'm sorry. They right. sent a camera up there to make sure there's no blockages and stuff like that so the system will work properly. Uh, once we got to know that, Donnie Armory Corps is coming in saying, yeah, you could build so close to the, to the levees. Um, 
with the south side, which is right across from City Hall, the same thing. I mean, we're doing engineering studies right now because we don't know how contaminated it is. Um, it was like they put the, the cart in front of the horse before because a lot of this stuff wasn't done because how are you going to sell property to a, a developer when they don't know what's underneath it, how contaminated it is, how far they have to do uh, pillars or um, drill down. So we're we're getting ahead of this now. And this way when developers come in and are interested to build something here, at least they have a, a blueprint and saying, here you go, this is what the added cost is going to be to clean it up and to drill down to make sure you hit uh, bedrock. And that's what we're in the process of doing. We've been doing it. This is all the, the weeds that we've been doing for the last two years. It's not, not fancy or pretty, but it has to get done. It's like long meetings in this office, out in the chambers out there, getting people in there to, uh, to get them excited to. And, and let me tell you, Derby is like the hub of this area because you got to cross through it. you got Route 8, Route 34, Route 15 is down the road. People are interested to come here. I mean, with the BJ's property, uh, that road back there, uh, the developer that's looking to buy that already has the tenants that want to put these Butler buildings up, smaller buildings to put their, their companies here so they can just pull out of here, get onto Route 8, go up to Waterbury, down to Stratford. So it's a centrally located area. So that's, And just like touching upon that, Row behind BJ's. That's an industrial. There was some pushback on social media. People said, "Oh, it's going to be an eyesore," but it's industrial zone land. It is the type of uh, development I assume that brings in more tax revenue than keep, than what it, what it is right now, which is just Absolutely. woods next to an industrial zone or in an industrial right, zone. Because so. if you look at it, what's there now, we're looking to get it cleaned up. Um, once you put these buildings up, it becomes a tax revenue for us. It's kind of a junkyard, right? Isn't it some dumping back there? Well, there was, I, I've never really been back yeah, there. Yeah, if, you, if you went by, there's one owner's back there, but we're in the process of working with them to get that all cleaned up. Um, we're looking, um, like I said, once they clean that up, there's more tax revenue. The grand list is going to go up. The, the burden of the taxes is going to be coming off of our shoulders. I mean, you live here too, just like I do. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you know. Um, and it's a great place, and but we've got to keep moving forward. I mean, we got Big Y coming. Hopefully by the 23rd or 24th, I heard they're going to be opening. Uh, they just got their temporary uh, operating uh, certificate. And other things are falling into place. Other, other businesses are falling into them because they know they're, they're going to be a big draw. And that's what we've been trying to do. Yeah. Let me ask you, uh, this isn't on my list of prepared questions, but in that big Y Plaza, you know, there's rumors on Facebook about what may or may not be going in there. I know a, uh, like an Asian fusion restaurant of some kind yes. got approved. Is there any, you hear of anything else coming in there? Any other, uh, cause we, now you got the anchor back. Absolutely. Um, people there are very excited. Um, <laughs> we've heard of a, uh, Spanish national Spanish, um, chain restaurant going in there. And then you have the Adams, the old Adams Claritas store that's there, which is pretty large. And, you know, I heard rumors, but I have nothing that's nothing confirmed, confirmed okay. on that. So, unfortunately, that's fine. I can't give any of that out. All right. So, if you're reelected <laughs> yes, as mayor of the city of Derby here, where you grew up, what's your first priority? In other words, what's the most pressing issue facing the city of Derby? Well, the Route 34 project, when I, when I stepped into this office two years ago, I was talking to the COG up there, we, we talked about getting this moving forward and unfortunately there was so much more that needed to be done that i was under the assumption that it was already done but no that the utilities like if you were coming through derby last year you saw all these utility companies in here digging small holes well they were test pits because they have to find out where everything is under even though they have maps 
a lot of this uh, infrastructure goes back to the early 19 years. Yeah, yeah. late 1800s, early 1900s. And there was wooden uh, vaults underneath there for like telephone wires. I mean, wood. It wasn't plastic. It wasn't uh, metal. Mm. So it's amazing that they used to do wood and all that. So they're trying to find everything. They had to get all that done. Now they're sending everything to the final uh, design. And we're hoping by, they're saying February, March, the final design should be out and out to bid. So once we get that widening project, that's I think is going to be a good punch in the arm for us. Uh, also, we have the Derby Bridge Street Bridge, Der- Derby Shelton Bridge over here, Bridge Street. That is coming into play also. So I want to continue working with Shelton, that final design, the Route 34 project. And basically that, the, the, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the Shelton, Derby Shelton Bridge, there's a complete renovation that's going to renovation, be. Renovation, not not, not financed by Derby, but that's for state grants, I state think, grants, or something yes. like that. Maybe federal, who knows. State. Uh, so, because that, I mean, you have over that bridge now, yeah, it's kind of depressing. Uh, it's a. But there's like the the bones are there, and it's gonna uh, there's gonna be like a, a bike trail, and, and it's gonna be beautified and all that stuff. Yes. I think. Yeah, there, it's, I haven't checked in in a while. It's gonna be better for the traffic and for pedestrian. And the main part of this whole project with 34 is pedestrian is to move the pedestrian traffic from Bridge Street. Um, we moved them over to the canal, um, the Riverwalk, down to Factory Street, crossed by uh, Home Depot, and then over to the train station. So it's more pedestrian friendly. Need to get all the bikes and the pedestrians off the roadway to make it safe. So that's a big part of what this whole thing to utilize the train station and with the Waterbury line and with the bypasses that they're putting in. The improvements is, they're making there. Right. Yeah. So this is all part of the whole grand scheme of the things. And then we're hoping this week coming up through the um, zoning board that we have uh, the, the property over by Beretta's that they're looking to submit a, a plan for 200 units okay and that's been in the works for a since while two two years since i came when i came in here the, uh, my one of my first weeks here we had conversations with these gentlemen uh, with the whole family they're over sticking there. with it though because absolutely okay so we had a meeting yesterday with them again <clears throat> excuse me going over uh what the po- uh, procedures are for acceptance for the, the zoning board now i heard at one of the meetings one of the uh stumbling blocks to getting things developed in a redevelopment zone is that you have the scrapyard there and it's hard for the developers to get financing because that's there. Is there right. and, and then the city had been talking at one point about maybe somehow helping the property relocate. Or Correct. How do you deal with that? Correct. So basically that is a big stumbling block because the, not too many people want to live next to a scrapyard, I don't think. Um, but we are in negotiation with the owners there. Um, we're looking to relocate that um, business to another part in Derby. And because, once again, it's centrally located. The, the Rubino brothers that have that right now, I think they're up in Torrington down to St- Stratford. So Derby is a perfect location. It's the midpoint for and them. And it's it's, I assume it's a money-making, profitable oh, business absolutely. for them. And, right, and you know, it, it's basically they're right. Yeah, it's a transfer. Basically, they just bring it from one spot here, and then they transfer it down there. So, I mean, it is, yeah. Scrap is, you know, it is a commodity. It, is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it goes yeah. up and down. Uh, so we're working on that. And then another part, the key part, and I'm glad you brought that up, is the railroad spur that ran down the center down there, right up to where the old uh, silo used to be, which that was another thing I was glad I was going to knock that right out. Excuse me. And um, so we're in negotiation with the railroad company to purchase that, and that, which was interesting when we got in here. We're like, oh, you guys have this massive plan to build down Derby prior to me getting in here. But they never did anything with the railroad spur. Well, you can't do anything. But you got a, they had a blueprint to go over that. 
we brought them in here. We negotiated with them, and people were saying you can never negotiate with the railroad. Well, we did, and we are in the process of uh, for a purchase with that. The lawyers are talking right now, so that's another stumbling block out of the way. Let me let me ask you a question. Yes, because uh, you bring up as you're talking about all these projects that are underway, underway, and it's projects we've heard about for a long time, uh, and that the grunt work is being done. You're saying by your administration, uh, so so eventually you can have that photo op. Yes, that we've probably had prematurely over the years in Derby mm-hmm. again and again and again and again. Yes. Regarding 34 and the, and the redevelopment zone, but the fact that there's only a you, you, there are two year terms, and I know there was an idea to do charter revision and possibly like isn't this an argument that there should be four year terms in the city of Derby? Absolutely, because um, these issues are complicated and they're it they is, seem it, bigger it, than a two anybody can accomplish in two years. What one of the main things I'm going to do as soon as this election's over and when I get back into this office is I'm bringing that charter commission because we waited too long during my first term. We should have did it right out of the gate. So I'm, I'm looking for December or January to get that charter commission started yeah, up again. Explain and, to me, though, because I don't know. I thought that would be a uh, uh, an easy thing for the alderman to approve. But what was the opposition? It was just too late. It in was the- too late. And a couple of the members that were on the previous charter uh, revisions, and they say, oh, there's not enough time. You should have started earlier. So I'm like, okay, so I want to get this started earlier because the Democrats and the Republicans are on the same page about this. They, 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 they see the need for, uh, for the administration to be here for four years, to be here, uh, you know, steering the ship, so to say, and getting things done. I mean, you think about it. I got in. I learned where the light switches were in this building. We started getting things done, and now I'm campaigning again. You know, it's a, it's a, it's you know, it's, it's not not fair. I think to the the taxpayers and and the, and the citizens here in Derby, they need some more stability to get things done. And I think I think that'll be a great deal. And I think we have the backing of both major parties in town to go forward with this. People see that it's, because it, it is, I mean, you're trying to deal with these issues, but you got to run for re-election. And then every two years in Derby, you know, it's, I mean, it's been a quiet election so far for the most part, a campaign from what I understand or I see, but there, it's like, it's short-circuited and people are starting over, it seems, every every two years if there's a change of administration. No, but, absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm hoping that's, uh, we're going to get that change. And it would also save the taxpayers money if you do it every four years as opposed to every two years. So you're saving in terms of ele- an doing an actual election because it costs money. I mean, ballots alone, I think, was five thousand just to print that up. So there's a cost in everything here. Okay, so uh, that's all that. Let's talk about the budget crisis. Yes, that I have a few questions uh, about. It's something that I cover. That people, if you're not aware of it, please search valleyindy.org. This podcast is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. Don't get spooked by planned giving. Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what mattered to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action will inspire others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now, give later, Impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. There's a lot of information on the site, live stream tax board meetings. Uh, Most recently had a a story out of a tax board meeting where the city treasurer went over this eight-point plan to get Derby back in good financial uh, standing. 
Uh, so if anybody doesn't know, there was a uh, budget crisis revealed to the public at a tax board meeting in May where uh, it was revealed that the city's finance people had mistakenly double counted state grant money. The mistake, from what I understand and from what's been said I, in public, too, it started under the previous administration uh, in like the last budget before you were elected. That's where it originated and then carried over and was caught. Uh, and this is where I have a question about the origin of it. Mm -hmm. uh, your campaign manager wrote a letter in the Valley Indy in August saying, in part, uh, this was caught, but it was the, quote, it was the due diligence of the current administration that led to the discovery of the discrepancies. And then in parentheses, which I am convinced was, I am not convinced, sorry, was an oversight. And I just wanted to revisit that, those parentheses for a second. Uh, we're talking about public money. Uh, and in public, this was explained as an oversight that started in the uh, last budget, as I mentioned, before you were elected mayor. Is there anything to suggest that this was anything other than a mistake? Was there any type of malfeasance I, in here? And I, I just I from yeah, I don't, I, I didn't see that. Okay. Um, you know, my law enforcement background, I think I would have been one of the first to jump all over this if I thought there was anything like that. Um, it was a double booking of grant grant funds. And then let me just go back. So we're going to start with over this. Two two years ago today, there was an article if, in the, the Post about my uh, press conference I had the day before, October 3rd, two years ago, in front of the City Hall. And uh, basically, I was talking about the fund balance, the low fund balance that we had, because we were told, and City Hall told us, the previous administration said that we were about $1.2 in positive. So, but we were on a watch list for the S&P with us and I think eight other big cities. Mm -hmm. And we're like probably about 2%, maybe 3% of our fund balance. We should have been up to like eight to 10. So, you know, I requested that the, um, I called for city hall for an immediate answer on what the exact number was for our, our fund balance. Well, we never got anything. So I'm thinking, and the way we were looking at it, at 1.2 at that time, when we were talking about it, was actually we were in the hole probably million or two. Because no one knew a mistake. Nobody knew a mistake. I mean, they weren't mm -hmm. looking or they weren't listening to the auditors that we had. Uh, the auditors that we have are phenomenal. But they've been saying over the years, you have to do it certain ways. And the administrations weren't doing it. And as soon as we caught wind of it, I'm like, well, let's, we started implementing what they requested that we started to do. Because they didn't have a hard cutoff for bills like the city, uh, the Board of Ed. Like August for August fifteenth should be your cutoff. On, oh, I'm sorry, August fifteenth should be your cutoff for submitting bills. I mean, they were going off to September, October, and then when you know it's it's kind of in the weeds. But when you're you're submitting um, budgetary items and numbers to the auditor, and then all of a sudden two months later you said, oh, we also put another two million dollars in bills. We're like, wait a minute, where did that come from? It created a mess, right? So we we got hard cutoffs. Um, and 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 uh, and, and a book, and we're hiring. What is it, another? We're getting another a book bookkeeper. Yeah, yeah, I heard about to, that. In yeah. there to basically help and oversee, uh, help out the finance department, so this never happens again. So I mean, the the the, the catches or the um, uh, what we imp we're implementing will catch anything like this happening again. And uh, just to, to to get on the the record with this. I mean, there is, there's been a little bit of a blame game 
in terms of uh, your, I don't know if Jim Pacino is still your campaign manager. Or if he's, he's, I know he got busy in with work. Yeah, he, his job took him down to D.C. So. so, But he he had, in that same letter, he had basically blamed the Democrats for mm-hmm. this mistake. But and then I went back and looked, and okay, from what I understand, it originated, from what I've been told, it yep. originated when Mayor Degato was mayor, although the mayor doesn't set the budget. The tax board has a tax role board. in it, and that was controlled by Republicans. Uh, the same people... Your finance director then, finance director now, your city treasurer then, city treasurer now, and the tax board is basically the same the group same. of people. So my hypothesis is that there's really, it was a mistake and there's equal blame. Absolutely. But have you, one thing that the, the city said it was going to do in terms of the eight-point recovery plan presented to the ratings agency so Derby didn't get a more severe downgrade in its credit rating than it did were these organizational changes. Has anybody who was responsible or whose job it was to double-check to make sure this mistake didn't happen, is is anybody being moved around? That's the process we're doing right now, but unfortunately, things take time. It has to go in front of the board, so we are this next board meeting, we want to implement that we've been interviewing um candidates to come in for that um bookkeeping position and shuffle around the uh, employees in the finance office to better oversee what's going on in there and uh get more of a um more of a grip on things which we do right now because um they're implementing everything our eight point plan and the oversight between uh city hall and the board of ed so those things are getting done i mean we know where the mistake was through the grants by double booking them so that can't happen again um and but that is in the process so hopefully the alderman will approve at this board meeting coming up and we're going to go out and hire uh, will there be a new finance director it's going to be it's 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 in a transitional state right now because it's so close to the uh the election and if it goes one way or the other um, to put someone absolutely new in there. And if the new administration comes in, they're going to take somebody back out. So it's basically we're looking at an interim position, okay. which there's a lot of, we're going through a qualified, a very highly qualified. Uh, so let me uh, just, CPA. there'll be a new interim finance that's what we're That's what we're shooting for, basically. Okay. And just my last question, uh, and then we can move on from this, but it was just one other loose end I wanted to tie up. And since I have you on the podcast, why not? Uh, The president of the Board of Aldermen wrote in a comment in an email that after taking office and being advised of the irregularities of the city's finances, Mayor Zekin ordered a forensic audit of the finances of the city. This audit did not return any substantive results uh, until just prior to the 2021 budget. But from what I understand, this I don't know if, if the... Board president misspoke here. There wasn't a forensic audit. It was just a. There's nothing on the website no. that says because forensic audit is something that searches a lot of times for malfeasance. But right. this no. is this was basically the, the audit that the city gets every every year. single year. Right. This okay. you know, and then once we basically looked at the findings, and we I've had the auditor in here, and I'm like, how come these previous administrations haven't been utilized? He goes, I've been listen. I've been asking them to do this, do this, do this. And what you're talking about, if anybody goes to the city of Derby's website, you could look under uh, finance. Every audit is there. Mm-hmm. The routine audit is done every year, and there's right. recommendations. And right. for now, and this is beyond the double counting mistake that yes. was made. There have been practices that just haven't been done in Derby because well, of a lack of staffing. Uh, well, or not even, but it's like the reconciling of the bills. Um, uh, I mean, there's, there's certain things that you need to get done. 
I mean, you got to do it monthly. You got to do it monthly. Like you do your your your, your uh, checking account. You monthly reconcile what your bills are in there. You got hard cutoffs and stuff like that. Uh, you got to make sure the funds are there. So there were certain things that weren't being done. And the auditor said, you got to do them. Because if you hold everything off for a year, then you throw everything on the auditor's lap. They're like, oh, my God. But you do it monthly like you're supposed to do it. It makes it easier to correct. Prevent sloppiness. Or, or and pre- prevent sloppiness and, and to um, catch if there's a problem in there. So that and that is the main thing that wasn't being done. And that's what I, I as soon as they told me, I was like, this is like common sense 101. Why weren't we doing this? Whether previous administrations didn't have the time to look at it or they're afraid to do it, I don't know. But you know something? When it came onto my table, I said, it was stopped right here and let's get it done. And that's what we did. And then another thing uh, that's sort of connected to this, there was a mill rate uh, increase this year. Uh, and that is obviously um, no one wants to raise taxes because we all live and, and, and we're not looking to, to give more money. We mm-hmm. all live in Derby. Uh, but it's something obviously that's going to be brought up. Mayor Zekin, you, you said you weren't going to raise taxes, e- even though it's the tax board, not the mayor. Right. But this is the way the perception is in Derby. Uh, how, how, how are you going to respond when you go door to door and somebody says, hey, my taxes just went up by $1,000, Absolutely. $1, no, absolutely. And if, I've been getting, if they're in a nice house. And I've been getting those questions. And it's okay. like, you know what I'll tell you, Eugene, you, you run a household too. Milk goes up, eggs go up. Gas goes up. Everything goes up. In the city of Derby, the tax board was trying to keep it level for the p- previous three years, which is they were trying to help the, the taxpayers out. But in, 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 in a way, they were hurting them because operating, operating costs continued to rise. You have the unions in town. They were going up to 2.5% salaries, uh, benefits. So, so you had to make up for it. Now we have no fund balance. So you can't take money out of there because that was negative. Where's it going to come from? It had to come from um, the taxpayers. So the two and a half mil increase basically is covering operating costs for the city of Derby. The rest of the money um, for the fund balance has already been put back in. So we're at a plus now for the fund balance. I was talking to the uh, treasurer earlier. And by next year, and after the tax uh, sales and stuff, we're going to have another million, million and a half back into the fund balance. So we're, we're back up to where we're supposed to be. And it, it was like the fact that the, the tax board didn't raise taxes over those last three years, because if they look at those three years, the increase for whether it was a cost of living went up about 6%, 6.5%. And the 2.5 represented about a 6% increase. Basically, so we're, right the, on, we're right on track of what the economy is doing. Now, that that statement has been said. Yeah, we, we, we did zero, zero, zero when we should have been doing a little bit every year. Absolutely. And Because eventually Absolutely. it comes home to roost. And, and, you know, it's your. But now the thought is that, okay, I can twist that a little bit and say, well, now you're guaranteeing. We're gonna. Our taxes are gonna go up every year instead of doing furloughs or laying off workers. Like, how do you respond? Well, to- not necessarily because part of our plan is economic development across the way here. And if you look at our grand list, it's went up about four million already. Now we have Big Y coming on board. We're gonna have Varka coming on board. We're gonna have the properties behind BJ's coming on board. So economically, we're doing. We're gonna be doing better. So that's gonna be taking some of the burden off of our, our taxpayers. Um, and once across the street pops, that's going to be huge input. And then to go on top of that, too, we also have a fuel cell coming in on Roosevelt Drive. Now, fuel cell is basically, they're, they're, they, it's like these big batteries, put it simple. They're going to put it down by where Roosevelt Drive is, down by the dam. 
if people are familiar with that, where the Yale Boathouse is. And there's a substation right next door. So the gas company is going to pump gas into this water. The byproduct is hot water, and it goes right into uh, the water pollution. So there's no contamination and stuff like that. That's going to produce electricity for our grid, which is great for Derby. And I think if there's a problem, storms and stuff, we, we'll be pretty good there. But what this is also going to do for us with economic development and helping the taxpayers is that that property right now is getting $1,500 a year taxes. When that's uh, up and running, we're going to be getting $200,000 a year into our coffers for the next 20 years. So we're going to pick up $4 million, which is going to help. So we've been nonstop trying to get businesses coming into town. Um, Bad Sons got another business coming in there. Oh, really? Um, what is, is that a... Uh... Uh, up above, they're looking to bring an engineering company, so we're in the process of working oh, on okay. that. Um, so we're bringing what we can in here um, and to try to stabilize this and to do the economic development that is part of our plan. Because like you said before, two years isn't enough time, but I think we did a real lot in the last two years. One thing I wanted to ask you about is you did create a new position, a part-time position in the city of Derby when you, where you brought in a former, I guess for lack of a better word, political rival, at least somebody from the other side of the, maybe not a rival, but you brought in Carmen DeCenzo, who had been a Democrat, uh, a leading Democrat uh, in the city of Derby, and, and he is the economic development liaison. Mm -hmm. And talk about some of, uh, if you can, the accomplishments that doing that because the city sold a lot of properties. So oh, yeah. Something like 14 okay. to 15 properties. And with its next next one coming up, that'll be about, I think, 16 or so. But there was the city was holding all these properties. We weren't collecting any taxes on it. Um, so we sold it. We made some money back on the tax rolls right now. So one, two houses have been built. Um, he's working. Uh, the owners are working on whatever they are to put those up but they're also restricted deeds on them so you can't build another six family you can only build one families two families i think max owner occupied so we're trying a lot to lower of these are in, they're in densely populated neighborhoods absolutely and you're trying to reduce the density exactly so we're trying to lose uh, reduce the density on their owner operator owner op, owner occupied oh, occupied excuse me That's <laughs> um tend to keep <laughs> take care of their properties a lot better so you know we worked with that um um, unclaimed funds. I remember when I was sitting here one day, I was like, hey, let me go on this list. We picked up 90000 on there that was just sitting there my first month or two. Um, you know, selling those properties off. Uh, Varka, BJ's property. So, And, you know, the, the fuel cell company. So we got revenue came in, and, and now, granted, we can't use that anymore, but we can use it with the tax um, money that's going to be coming in. So that's going to help us. Some people are like, eh, 6000 here, 6000 Yeah, it, it helps out. I raised... Uh, $30,000 for the fireworks. So that was 30000 less that the city had to push out there. So I've been doing is you know a lot. My, my, my staff has been doing a lot. And to get back to Carmen DeCenzo, listen, I introduced him and I said, listen, this is former run. He ran for mayor as a derby, uh, as a Democrat, I'm the Republican, but I brought him on. And they're looking at me like I'm, I had two heads. I go, but this was my former football coach when I was in Pop Warner. And he's Mr. Derby. You know, all he has is Derby in his blood, just like I do and my staff, just like you do too, Eugene. Oh, no, I, I, always, I, I can't. No, I'll be. I can't do that. I, I've only lived here. I've only lived here 15 years. I don't want to make anybody. You're still there. You'll offend everybody. Nah, you're still there. But he's he knows the he knows all the players. He knows all the builders. He, he's been in business himself. So he's he's one to he can talk to these people, bring them over, take a look at what we have. I mean, Caroline Street is all fenced off right now up by Minerva Street. 
it was an old factory right now. DEP just finished um, drilling there. There's some hot spots there. That's why we fenced it off. We're working with uh, DECD in the Greenfield or Brownfield to try to get that cleaned up, put that back on the market. So I mean, so we still have a couple of pockets of areas where we can hopefully develop. And then I think once that gets developed, it, it's going to feed the rest of the buildings are going to feed off of that. So, I mean, that, that's our, our vision. That's our plan. I mean, we, the economic development is the major part on it. If we don't get it going, we're going to be hurting here. But Derby is such a gem right here. It is such a gem, and it's such centrally located where we're at with both rivers, the railroad, and the, and the major highways that we have here. So we're just working. We haven't stopped working. And we're continue working. And even though there's an election coming up and anything can happen, but we're not stopping. And then uh, I guess my last question that I really have, there is a committee that's been meeting for at least a year now, uh, the Ansoni, Ansonia Derby uh, School Regionalization Regional. Committee, and they're, they're studying whether uh, that is a possibility of some kind. At the same time, you have a, just a breathtaking new athletic complex uh, here in Derby. Uh, what do you think, where do you, do you see that going anywhere? Uh, I haven't, I haven't been to a lot of the meetings. I know they're doing a ton of work, but, uh, do you have a, a position on that yet? Uh, what, what, what's, I, I've heard like some other scenarios out there, uh, that might've been discussed. Uh, one thing like if Derby had, uh, kept the lower grades and then went to Shelton for high school, that was mentioned. Is that where do you stand on any there's, of that? There's a, a lot of talk. I mean, our enrollment is low, just like it is statewide. Um, graduated, I think, 68, 70 kids last year. I want to see the best for our children. I mean, if that includes sending them over to a different town, uh, bigger class or not bigger classes, more classes, um, different uh, curriculum. Um, different maybe sciences or languages or something that we don't supply here. Maybe just take the kids from here, go to Shelton or Ansonia for a class that we don't provide here. To kind of that see, so regionalization doesn't mean like, hey, we're going to take all the kids from Derby High School and bring them over to Shelton or Ansonia. I think regionalization comes to the part where like, hey, Ansonia has a class in Chinese, and some of the kids want to go there, so boom, you could fill up a class there. So Shelton has a class here and some sort of math. How about maybe, maybe a better question, because I didn't really phrase that question well at all. Is it something you hear about? Because I don't know if, people, if the public in general, just from what I put on Facebook and Twitter uh, and talking to people, I don't know if people are really following the issue that much. When you knock on doors, as I assume you, you have, are people asking about what's going on with the school district, or are, you, are we closing to go to Ansonia? Do the, you hear any of that? The... The voters that are in the age where they have children in the school system, they ask, you know, um, the elderly have, you know, everybody has, each group has their own questions and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, but there are, there are questions on, um, you know, what's going to happen there. It's still up in the air. We don't know. I mean, that's why it's a two year study. Uh, I mean, I put in um, a mixed match of people. They're not all for it. They're not all against it. And some people are undecided. And I think that's the best way to get this to move forward because I think last year the state is like talking about mandates to you got to figure out how to do it or we're going to do it for you. So I think we're, we're ahead of the curve right now. So we're, we're talking about it at least, you know, the days of, Oh, what about our football teams? And I think that's falling at the wayside. We need to educate our children and we need to get the best for them. So they have a great future and that they can move, move out there, you know, because they're our future and they're, they're, they're the ones that can be running this, you know, they're the ones that are going to be in your seat and one of them is going to be in my seat and uh, we got to, we got to get them prepared for our future. So, okay. Well, Mayor Zekin, those are all the questions I had. Is there anything else you wanted to add uh, as we wrap up 
this special edition or episode of Naval Gazing the Valley Indie Podcast. Um, like I said, we've been working very hard. We've been working nonstop. I got a great staff. I think most of you know my chief of staff, Andrew Backlett. Carmen Desenzo's in there. Uh, Pam Gagliardi is my executive assistant. I mean, we changed the atmosphere in uh, City Hall. If you come in here, people are happy. They're they're happy to come to work. They're happy to work with the residents, uh, answer the questions. Um, Patty Finn in the back. She, I just want to give a real good shout out to her for her and Linda Fusco, the um, president of uh, or the president of the chairman, authority, chairman of the chairman of the housing authority. Yeah, yeah. Or and, chairwoman, uh, sorry. Chairwoman. That, you know, we got that million-dollar grant for the housing authority, which came in last week, and that, that's phenomenal. I mean, we were able to revamp uh, their offices for three handicap uh, apartments and then fix a couple other things that are in uh, CC Manor over there, and our plan is to bring them into City Hall because we still have space there. And I like to put, I want it to be like a one-stop shop. You know, come into City Hall. You can go upstairs to housing. You can go next door to the, to the veterans. You can pay your taxes. See the clerk, you know, so I think that make it more convenient for everybody. Um, we're, we're just working nonstop. I mean, it's it's it's, it's exciting. I, I knew it was going to be exciting, but I didn't realize how exciting it is. I'm out there all the time. People see me. I love walking around. I love talking to people. I'm not. It's like the cop in me, you know, the beat cop. I still like getting out there, seeing what's going on and talking to people. All my fundraisers, I think we raised over $80,000 in fundraising from the bartending I did to the for Boy charity. Scouts for charity, right. for charity, right. um, not for your campaign. No, 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 not for my campaign. <laughs> I'm sorry, for a charity, but from the Boy Scouts, uh, the fireworks, and then for the local charities that we did. Any time I did a uh, guest bartending was for a charity within the area. The only mm-hmm. one that went outside was the uh, Boy, Boys and Girls in Shelton, but they it take care of a couple Derby. hundred yeah. children yeah. from yeah. Derby. So I, I love it. I mean, I, what better way? You, um, I was in these local restaurants promoting them, and not only promoting my cause for a uh, charity also promoting the businesses here so i'm pro business I, I i love working with people anytime somebody's coming in here we have a meeting out front in the chambers i have the building the building official fire marshal zoning so i want to get ahead of everything so i don't want any surprises the day before you're going to open up saying oh you forgot this door you forgot that so that's that's not what i do I, I get a hold of. I get ahead of everything. That's happened in the past. I know that yes. where someone's tried to open and oh, absolutely. Yeah, suddenly there's they, yeah. Okay, got it. I mean, Big You're Y not- is a, a classic example of working with them and getting things done because there was there was a couple of hiccups here and there, but we were able to get UI in there. And I guess they, yesterday they got a temporary occupancy certificate, and they're going to be opening in a couple of weeks. So I mean, it's they're moving right along. I mean, I didn't. I didn't want them to open up in February, March. Hey, I wanted them to open up as soon as possible because they're they're psyched to be in Derby. I'm psyched mm-hmm. that they're going to be here too. So, but uh, I've been working tirelessly every day. My staff has been working every day, and I think the people in Derby understand what happened, and they I think they can see where we're moving forward and where we're going to be in the future. All right, Mayor Zekin. Again, I want to thank you for taking the time uh, for talking to me today, and hopefully, a lot of people will listen. Uh, so I do appreciate it. Absolutely, Eugene. You know my office is open to you all the time. You've been here a few times, so transparency. That's what I like to see. All right. Thank you. All right, Eugene. Have a great day. For hundreds of years, we've brought you the news. For the info, we gave you the clues. Owners' profits were always sky high. Market now threatens our lives. 
Dinosaur. 